Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast for Countryside with Kiri Kermud and myself, Simon Clark. And I went along to speak to Sally McMullen on this week's programme, Kiri. Have you heard about the Greyhound Aid League Isle of Man? I have heard of it, actually. Yeah, they mm. do a sterling job of looking after the old ex-racing dogs. Yeah, but some of them aren't very old. It's just that they, they come away from there if they're not winning they're possibly not wanted, and they're lovely animals. And Sally McMullen, I spoke to, they're so passionate about that and trying to rehome some of these and rehouse them and and give them a nice sort of quality of life for the remainder yeah. of it as well. And also, I went along to Ballavarton Equestrian Centre to speak to Stella Hampton, who was in the middle of running a games night that they had there, and that was absolutely fantastic seeing the the. It's something new that they're trying to introduce into equestrian world, and it was great that you know they're trying to encourage different games or skills, different skills yeah. than they used to, I suppose, uh, on horseback. So very interesting that is. It's surprising how well trained these horses and ponies are that they can have a child dangling off the side of them, carrying a bucket or picking something up off the floor. They're incredibly well trained here on the island. Ah, they could get around some of the streets and pick the litter up off them too Ooh. once they've trained up, couldn't they? And <laughs> netball, something close to your heart and something new to the young farmer's world. Yes, that's right. They've joined the Manx Netball League on a Sunday morning and they're doing very, very well. They're moving up through the ranks steadily and uh, I went along to see how they're, how they're getting on with it all. Well, here it is, this week's Countryside. Enjoy. Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. But we'll start with greyhounds, Kerry. What do you know about them? They're Obviously very fast. Dogs. <laughs> yeah, they are, and they, they do a lot of uh, racing, not particularly on the Isle of Man. Um, but the greyhounds, I suppose, if they're not winning, um, some people don't want them anymore. They want the ones that are going to win all the races for them. But what happens to those ones who are retired from racing? Well, I found out from Sally McMullen, who is one of the people involved in the Greyhound Aid League Isle of Man. First of all, she told me a little bit about the charity. We take in greyhounds that are rescued from the ex-racing industry. Once they're in sanctuaries in the UK where they are assessed, we'll find a home on the Isle of Man and then we will go across to the UK and transport it back to the Isle of Man to its new home once we've matched it with a home. So do you get people calling the charity and saying, you know, I'd quite like to help you out and take on one of the greyhounds and may have kids or they may be elderly. Is that, is that the sort of way it works? Yes, it is. Uh, very often people will have met greyhounds when they're out and about and they appreciate what nice dogs they are and how gentle they are. And then when the time comes that they need a dog themselves, they will very often contact us. And then we find a dog that meets their home requirements, whether they've got children or other pets, whether it's cats or dogs. Once we've assessed their home, we then find a dog that meets those requirements and transport it back to the Isle of Man. And it doesn't end there because we do follow up and we do help with advice and information and any other help they might require in getting the dog settled into its new home. Well, there's four of them surrounding us here now and there's not a squeak out of them. Are they always like this when they're inside? They are. They're extremely lazy dogs. They've had their walk for this morning where we had a nice long walk on the beach and uh, they potted along quite happily. And then once they've come back and had their breakfast, they will very much spend the rest of the day stretched out, fast asleep, 
really not wanting very much during the day, a few cuddles, but generally speaking, they're just lying around being very lazy. It's what they do best. They're known as 40 mile an hour couch potatoes, and it's very, very true. A lot of them are coming from the greyhound racing world. I mean, what sort of life span do they get in the world of racing? Is it quite a short career for them? It can be extremely short. They will breed round about 10,000 greyhounds a year. The racing industry doesn't need that many, so it picks and chooses the best out of the 10,000. So out of all those that are bred, very many are discarded in the very early stages as not being suitable for racing, so they can be one year old two years old maybe some of them will be tried for racing they'll be given two or three opportunities and then if that doesn't work out they're back out into the rehoming scenario some of them that are successful maybe go on for three four years providing they're not injured because if they're injured again they come back out for rehoming But if they're very successful racers, and it's very rare, they will be kept on for studs, so they may not come up for rehoming until they're much older, until they've been finished from a stud point of view after their racing career. Have you had any world champions or anything that uh, have come over? Well, it's a very interesting thing, because on the internet there is a website where you can trace your dog your greyhound they're all tattooed in each ear English and Irish have different tattoo markings so you can see their origins but you put in the ear markings onto the system on the computer the database and it will give you that dog's history their family tree very often goes back more than 200 years which is a lot further than mine goes back yes so it'll go back 200 years with all their ancestors laid out Uh, very often there's pictures and little video clips of their ancestors It will also show things such as their own racing career and video clips of racing. Lottie, who's stretched out over there, she was quite a good racer. She was retired at two, but she did actually have quite a long racing career. So even at two, as a reasonably successful dog, she was still out of the racing industry at two, which is very sad for her I suppose but very lucky in that she got out into a proper home very early on but they also make very good pets for older people because of their gentleness and they tend to be very calm and laid back you don't have to bend down to put their collar and lead on or to stroke them they're at the right height for people their coat is very fine it's very soft a lot of people expect it to be hard but it's a very soft coat i like to think of them because of their long legs as drip dry non-stick so they are very clean as well they don't bring back with them the beach and all the mud from their walks that all gets left behind and they are very clean dogs swappy for our brihard then (laughs) (laughs) yes but but what about the the food i mean i know they they can be run pretty fast and obviously burn a lot of calories when they're going at full tilt but i mean these sort of dogs here if they don't have to race do they still want to run at 40 mile an hour they will they do enjoy a good run and they may only do that for oh, 20 30 seconds even and they have a complete blast when they have a wide open space to be able to do that And then they're quite happy to potter along at a more relaxed pace. Uh, Again, it depends on the age. But on the whole, they are very relaxed dogs. They'll have a good stretch, get the old muscles working, 
and then they'll just potter along and sometimes I'm like the Pied Piper and they're all around my feet as I'm walking along the beach just while they stroll along quite happily. Are these ones here available for rehoming or are you not going to let these ones go? <laughs> I think I shall hang on to these. These are good girlies now. They've been with me uh, quite a while and uh, they're all very sweet and quite settled now. Yeah. But then all greyhounds are, I mean, it's, uh, I'd be happy to have more. It's just, they always say, if you can see the floor, there's room for more. I uh, would happily have more. Uh, have, you, have you got any that you've brought over very recently? Yes, we brought a lovely one last week to a lady living in Onken. His name is Jack, and he's a beautiful white greyhound with two markings, unusual markings. One side, he's got a figure of eight, and on the other side, he's got the most beautiful heart. So he's a very handsome dog and he's settling in with his owner and she has another greyhound who is pining for one that had passed away before Christmas. So it's a complete family again, two greyhounds and they're all very happy and settling well. If anyone wants to get involved and help out or maybe take one of the greyhounds off and give them a nice home, uh, what do they do? Well, there are many things that people can do to help us. We often have fundraising events and we're always looking for volunteers to help us out on the stalls or sometimes people donate raffle prizes or craft items that they've made. We have quite a few people who do some wonderful crafts for us to sell which is is really nice because it gives us a different kind of a stall and and makes it very attractive. Uh, So they can help, they can help in many ways and if they are wanting to home a greyhound They can meet these greyhounds and see what they're like and we can bring the greyhounds to their home, introduce them to other pets or children as as may be appropriate and just to see, to give them a taster of what a greyhound is like in their home. And then we do the formalities, all the information we need about the home and then we source the greyhound from various connections within the UK At that point, we go across to the UK, collect the greyhound and bring it back to the Isle of Man and deliver it to its new home. It does work very well. And I have to say also, it's not just greyhounds. It's sighthounds in general, which is an umbrella term really for lurchers and which are greyhound crosses, long dogs, um, any kind of uh, sighthound we're happy to to rehome on the island that's not a problem the contact details i'm sally and my phone number is 409543 we are on facebook as greyhound aid league isle of man sally mcmullen from the greyhound aid league isle of man telling me about uh, the greyhounds and the ones uh, that they've just took on board as well and trying to find um, different homes for them and they really are nice dogs greyhounds aren't they friendly they're very quiet aren't they generally they're, they're very delicate sort yeah. of dogs they don't take much room up either no <laughs> but you know they're, they're nice and calm aren't they usually so they make lovely pets yeah it's nice to see somebody rehoming them it is and they're doing a fantastic job then so passionate about it as well um greyhounds i don't see much of the i suppose many of them uh as I used to see an odd person with them a few years ago, but they just seem to be a bit rarer now. I suppose they were used for hunting one time and you know, chasing the rabbits and different things in the fields, but you don't see many people actually using rabbits or anything anymore. So maybe they aren't you, you know, not reared or bred as much as they were. No, very nice animals indeed, and they're doing a fantastic job there. The Greyhound Aid Pets League Island Man. <laughs> Man. 
Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. Recently, we caught up with the Federation of Young Farmers Secretary Hayley Crow to talk about the big event coming up, the Young Farmers Concert. But I caught up with some of the girls that are in the netball team to find out how they're faring in the Manx Netball League. So four years ago, we decided to have a friendly, fun game. We had a netball match against the police and the boys had a rugby match against the police. And from there, we all really enjoyed it. We had a really good laugh doing it. So we decided to play the Summer League and set up our own team. And now you're in the actual Sunday morning the Manx Netball League. It's a pretty uh, strong competition to be in. Yeah, it's really good fun. We enjoy it. We, we go training every week. It's a good social event too. And we have good nights out and... We're doing well. We've moved up the, the tables over the years, so it's, it's good. And obviously, Louise, starting at the very bottom of the table, you know, it must have been a bit of a hard competition to work your way up to where you are now. Yes, well, after playing the police, where half us could hardly catch a ball or throw <laughs> a ball, and Mark McGee encouraged us to put the Summer League in and eventually the Winter League in entering the proper Max Netball, um, we did start off in the bottom league. We had a few rusty games, and but our confidence built up and we got a lot better. And I think we ended up about halfway up in the league that year and then spent a second year in the bottom league where we, we did really well that year. And I think we came about second and got promoted. So it's been really, really good for us. Now we're in the, the first division out of four leagues, so second to top division, which is, you know, considering where we started off is really encouraging. And Jenny, you've obviously been um, an encourager. You've had a lot of good coaches throughout the whole of the, the seasons. I mean, we have to say a massive thanks to, to Marg McGee, who, who really kind of started the team off and encouraged them to put a team in to begin with. Um, and also a massive thanks to Balasala Netball Club, who have let us join in with their training and really provided the coaching for the team. And I think without Marg and without the coaches down at Balasala, we wouldn't have been able to, to get to where we have. So... I think just thanks has to go to them. But also you've got lovely new dresses as well. Yeah, I think we have to thank our sponsors as well for, for getting us to where we are. I started off with Bobby Sadlers, who sponsored us that first year and enabled us to get a kit. And then this year we've been very lucky to get a sponsorship from Royal London 360. So we've got some very nice new dresses this year with a bit of cow print <laughs> on them. So really feeling the part. There's obviously lots of players needed for a Sunday morning. And with you guys as a vet, a doctor, a nurse, teachers, you know, there's lots of shift work there involved so you need good numbers to cover a Sunday I think yeah especially in this team there is as you say a wide variety of professions there I think there's two doctors vets nurses <laughs> teachers and yeah it can be challenging so often we need a slightly bigger squad and, and we need the odd player that can really play anywhere on the court so we have got a couple of players who can really really play everywhere and that helps us really on a Sunday and you're looking for next year possibly having a second team I think that's the hope it, ideally having a second team would enable us to then develop players up to to playing in the first division it's quite a, a big leap to come into a new team and be asked to play straight into the first division but if we had a development team and it would enable also some of our older players like myself to come back and, <laughs> and enjoy netball in a slightly lower league after having babies and things like that. So that's that's hopefully the plans for next year. So Cheryl, with having a second team, you'll be able to encourage some of the younger members of Young Farmers. Yeah, because obviously Young Farmers is a massive, massive youth organisation and there's loads of girls out there that would be up for coming and having a go and joining in. We actually only have one under 16 at the moment that plays. But yeah, we're, we're welcome, welcoming new members and younger members. So anyone out there, get in touch for next season. And Louise, finally, this is the second part of uh, the season now. How are you faring up? Well, 
seeing as it's quite a high, high league we're in now, um, we're currently standing joint third with Castletown. It's been a really close league, actually. Had some really competitive games, some tough matches. We're quite a, a tough team, I think. We're, we're, not, <laughs> we're not afraid to, to be quite physical, I'd say. Um, it's a non-contact sport, though. <laughs> well, it is a non-contact, but we do try to be non-contact. Um, but no, we, it, we are really enjoying it. We're hoping you know, to stay in the top three, at least. Don't think we're quite ready for Premier yeah. Division yet, though. But you've only got a couple of matches left for the season, so who knows? That's it, but... We'll see. Wait and see. That was Cheryl Curphy, Louise Slater and Jenny Harris from the Young Farmers Netball team. Well, something new for the Young Farmers Federation, wasn't it, uh, Kerry? You know, branching out into different ones to try and capture a little bit of a wider, uh, wider um, sort of trappings, really, from the world of... Uh, sport and pastimes and not just farming, isn't it? That's right. They joined the Isle of Man Manx Netball League and they're working their way up through the league very, very successfully. So it just shows that there's more to young farmers than agriculture. But uh, yeah, they're, they're a great ambassador to the young farmers. Not quite as dainty as it looks, a game of netball. You think it's just going to yeah, lob it to you and well, I'll hold on to it for... Is it three seconds? Three seconds, yeah. Ah, yeah. No, but it's very feisty nowadays and um, they have a 50-50 contact rule so you can, you know, give a bit of an elbow or a push here and there and get away with it. But, uh, is that uh, why you're in one of the top teams, <laughs> is it? <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> you're listening to Countryside here on Manx Radio with Kiri Kumud and myself, Simon Clark. Well, horses, we've spoke about various different events that are available to Isle of Man people who are involved in equestrian. We've had um, polo on the programme, um, riding for the disabled the other week there. We do horse carriage and pony trapping. Uh, but I went along to the Balavartan Equestrian Centre to catch up with Stella Hampton, who was there on an equestrian games night. She told me, firstly, what it was all about. Well, the amount of people here, Stella, it's been quite a success, this event. It has been a very good success, yes. We've had about 50 competitors every Friday night over the last six months competing in our event here at Balavartan. This is something new, though, is it? I mean, some people say, oh, you can only do the same events on horses, whether it's jumping or running, pony trapping. But this is something new, and the amount of youngsters that are here seems to show that it's it's a success it is yeah we've been doing the pony club games for years now we've been going away and taking teams away and this winter we decided to put a sort of a league on over the winter for doing the pony club games and milkreasts were kindly good enough to sponsor us what events has been happening here just tell the listeners what you've been trying to make these people do hanging off horses like a circus actually (laughs) (laughs) yes it is we've been doing the cup race where they have to move cups from one post to another the bending race where they have to bend the ponies in and out of the poles they've had to get off and run over stepping stones tonight we got them to try and throw tennis balls into a bin and they had to try and get aim to get the tennis ball into the bin so it's all different obstacles on horseback yeah seemed to be a lot of laughing at some poor misfortunate <laughs> ones <who couldn't... laughs> no there is no laughter at all at some poor misfortunate ones we'll soon ones. find out about that in a minute but this is something that you, you're going to continue after this year's events hopefully we'll do it each winter yes it's something good to do during the winter so hopefully and Bellevue is such a good venue because it's the right size that we can all fit in and do it the only trouble is I think it might be more more people wanting to do it next year <laughs> James Mulcrest you're involved with the sponsorship there uh, how did you get involved in this well 
We get involved because my kids both ride with Stella, um, so naturally she approached me. We've been involved with horse riding type events for many years on the island, uh, so it's, it's great to be involved and it's really good for the kids to have something to do through the winter. Uh, most people think of horse riding events happening through the summer when you know in the light nights and things. Uh, so it's, it's great for the kids to have something to aim for through the winter. Yeah, and I suppose some of the events you know, can get a little bit serious, you know, that, that they're supposed to have to be. But this sort of event, they can let the hair down a little bit, can't they? Although it, it is very competitive. Yeah, it is competitive, but it's fun as well, you know, and, and you've only got to watch it to see them having great fun. I mean, throwing balls into a bucket, as uh, Stella said there, it's great fun. Um, you know, they've got to pick cups up off posts and put them on posts whilst trying to ride a pony as well, you know, it's... Uh, it's great fun. Didn't see you on the horse yourself, though? No, not this evening. I might take part <laughs> next time, but it is only for kids, so I'll have to wait for the adults' uh, version. Yeah, that'll happen, I'm sure. I'm sure. So let's speak to some of the, the riders involved and competitive this evening. Who are we talking to? Molly Howland. And enjoying this series? Yeah, it's really good. Uh, what's your favourite game in this? Uh, the bending game, because it's fastest. Oh, right. Are you a speed one, are you? Not, yeah. not one of these slow dressage no. type events? No, I'm the fastest. Mm-hmm. Is it as difficult as it looks? Yeah, it is quite difficult, like trying to stop and do all the games at the same time. Which is your poorest one? Probably the cup game, because I just can't get the cups on the post. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but it's all enjoyable all the same. There yeah. seems to be no fear at you. No, no, not at all. <laughs> not really? No. no. Who else do we got to talk to here? Ellie. And uh, how many times have you done this? Quite a few times. Yeah? And it's not, not put you off some of these? They look quite tough, the events. Yeah. <coughs> no, it doesn't put me off that much. No. How difficult, be, I suppose some of the horses just want to go in a straight line and they do fairly simple things. Is, yeah. is this a lot harder to train the horses to get to do what they want you, you, what you want them to do? Yeah. It can be quite difficult sometimes, but other occasions they just like, they listen to you. Is this something that once that once the horses have done it once or twice, they get used to what you're expecting them to do? Yeah, it gets quite easy for the horses after like they know what to do. Mm. And is it is it hard on the rider because there seems to be a lot of change yeah. in direction pretty quickly? Yeah, you have to hang on tight. Yeah. <laughs> but all enjoyable. You're going to do it again next year. Yeah. You got one more. You got the big event at the end, haven't you? Yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you win anything yet? I'm going to try. Oh, well, good luck. Thank you. Well, it's not just uh, girls that are taking part. Oh, no, not at all. <laughs> Percy, Hampton, you'll be well-versed on the horse side of it now. I suppose uh, you'll have to do as you told you, won't you? Oh, well, you're not wrong there. <laughs> Too many women around to not be doing that. <laughs> but it, it's, it seems an enjoyable event. You just need to look around it here now and see it's something different in the horse world, isn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, everything's it's always different. You never do the same thing. It's always very varied and there's always different things to do and many other people to see and friends, and, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. just a good night out. Oh, it's always a good event. And, and well and, ran as well. Yeah, are they very difficult, these events? Because they look a bit tricky. Oh, are you? are not wrong. <laughs> they are very tricky at times. It depends what kind of game you're doing, really. If you're doing a more technical, slower one, then yes, it's, yeah. it is a lot harder. But most of the time, it's not too bad. No, and what's your favourite one of it? That's a hard one, really. I like them all. Well, that's not a bad way to be. No, just crack on. <laughs> well done, anyway. And lastly, we're going to speak to Lucy Parsons. Now, you've uh, you've been enjoying this series, and uh, is this your first year in it? Uh, yeah. Well, I do it for the island as well, so I go away and compete. 
Oh, in the in the game side of yeah. it. All oh, right. And how many go away from the island? We normally have one or two teams away. Yeah. But for the pony club. And how different is an event like this to what you used to do? Is it the same type of events? Uh, yeah, it changes the games and all that, like it does here. But we go away and we're out in a field with loads of other horses that can just go. And it's a massive open field with only rope to keep you in. Is that difficult for the horses? Or do some like to be in a nice small confined space and some like the big outdoor? Or are they quite adaptable? Well, my pony wasn't. Ooh. He just went off. <laughs> went outside. Doing his own things, yeah. Yeah. All right. Is that quite scary when they head off? Well, I wasn't too scared. No. I wasn't scared, no, because he had done it before, but not as bad. But I had to calm him down at the end, which was the worst part. Is it quite a trek bringing your horses from over here over to the events in the UK? I mean, are they quite se- do they take it very serious over there? Yeah, it's really serious, but we can qualify for a thing called zones. We only take two wagons away because it can take five horses in each. So we just put them in there and go loading them onto the boat. Uh, the the travelling doesn't bother them then? No, not really. It's normally about three people that go away with the horses and then the rest of us go away the day after. Yeah. Do you think this sort of events is growing in the equestrian world? Something different from the, from the dressage and show jumping and things? Yeah, it can get really fun as well. So, like, when you're out cross-country, it feels the same because, in a way, because you're doing a load of fun events. But when you're in dressage, it's like you're closed in the arena and you have to do what they've put down for you. Well, all in all, it's been a very successful series so far by the look of it, and everyone's going away here with a smile on their face. Yeah, everyone enjoys it, even if they get first or last. Well, it'll be nice to see the Isle of Man coming away in a few years' time with maybe the World Championships in the game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> Stella Hampton there at the Balavart and Equestrian Centre on the game site, and uh, some of the people that were there also. Uh, some tricky old manoeuvres that were had to be carried out on horseback there, I must say, and it it just reminded me a bit about it's a knockout in the olden days you know where they had these and it's great that the people are trying these different things you know not not just the basic things the dressage the jumping and things that they've had in the past and now they're, they're just trying to encourage more different things because everyone likes it's like athletics and things and it's some like the discus some like running some That's don't right. like running. But some of these children are only quite young and they're hanging off the side of these speeding ponies. They're fearless, aren't they? No, no fear at that age, though, is there? <laughs> no, I suppose they bounce not. bounce back up off the ground again. <laughs> Manx Radio's Countryside is brought to you by NFU Mutual. There we are. Countryside for another week done and dusted. Um, great to speak to Sally McMullen again. So, passion, uh, so passionate about the, uh, the Greyhound aid Bleak Isle of Man and uh, doing a wonderful job trying to rehome some of these um, greyhounds that uh, maybe aren't wanted by some owners but certainly uh, great creatures and also <laughs> still laughing about some of them events <laughs> that they were performing on the horseback let me tell you not quite to circus standard but it's great to see some of the 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 fear that isn't yeah. And the younger kids today, uh, you know, just leaning off the horses and picking things up and something new um, to encourage people because, you know, I suppose lots of sports have the same boring old things that people think that. Yeah. But so to induce, uh, introduce something new is great. 
And there's the netball. Yep, going from strength to strength, the young farmers, so good luck to them. Yes. So that's all. Until next week here on Countryside from me, Simon Clark. And me, Kiri Kermit. We'll see you then. Ta-da. Bye-bye. Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click shaw.com. Love being sure. Terms and conditions apply.